With the rise of AI and with the release of ChatGPT at the end of November 2022, there is no doubt that we are living through a paradigm shift. And this is true for whoever is doing business online and offline. And now, if this is changing the startup playbook, how will startup look like in the future and how is this playbook changing? Let me explain. It was June 2001, right at the burst of the dot-com bubble, and a company that seemed positioned to actually conquer the world had filed for bankruptcy. And to gain a bit of context, that company, which was called Webvan, was at the apex of its operations by the end of the 90s, and it reached over 3,500 employees. Yes, correct, 3,500 employees. The company was extremely well-funded with over $800 million in capital to kick off its operations. And to be sure, Webvan's fundamental idea was brilliant. It wanted to become a grocery shop online. That is also why it got backed by what we like to call smart money, so venture capital money. The company went public in 1999 and it peaked uh, in the same time, in the same period just to blow up in 2001 as the dot-com bubble burst. If you go through its financials, which I did, and you know, going back to a financial document of 1999, it feels always com compelling to me. And it's quite interesting because uh, you know, at the time, by the year 2000, Webvan had accumulated a net loss of, uh, of um, uh, over $453 million and a deficit of over $600 million. And, you know, this was explained in uh, its financial, but, you know, if the Webvan idea was so great, why did it fail? Well, in reality, Webvan used the wrong playbook. Instead of uh, starting from a niche and, you know, testing the market from there, try to actually... Uh, start from a narrow market and then move and verticalize more and more things, the company tried to use all the resources that it had gotten as venture capital, as also at the time, you know, money was easily available to actually build all its distribution centers from scratch all over the places and its technology, you know, in, in many different directions. Thus, you know, wasting all its money very, very quickly without talking about all the other advertising money spent which never returned to the company. Now, why was Webvan idea such a great idea? Well, by 2007, Amazon started Amazon Fresh and in 2017, Jeff Bezos would further complete the acquisition of Whole Foods. Today, the integration between Amazon Fresh and Whole Foods is actually what probably Webvan at the mind back at the end of the 90s. But was it, was it just a matter of timing? Well, indeed, as I said, the timing mattered, and yet Webvan did have a customer base, however, it was burning cash at an incredible speed. During the dot-com bubble, many companies bet on the advent of the internet, yet 
the key important point to understand here is they were actually using the old playbook which was you know sketch an ambitious business plan get funding and expand at all costs based on that business plan rather than adjusting that plan as you actually moved in the real world now weapon business plan might have looked brilliant on paper and its venture funds looked incredibly solid you know, with over $800 million from major investors, and yet the company failed miserably. Bad timing, bad execution framework, so money spent up front without validating the market from time to time did the trick. And that's how I think WebVan is one of those stories that opened up the new internet era. Startups by nature have a low chance of success, and the key to increasing those chances is to stay alive long enough or fail fast. That calls for a gradual market validation where a company needs to start from where the market already exists or from a very narrow niche in the market where you know you can tap into the so-called innovators to start building a whole new product. Many successful startups that survived, survived the bad timing had started with the market entry and go-to-market strategy where they validated a smaller market first then expanded on it slowly as a new ecosystem would form for instance you know when amazon started it was a bookshop and you know you could tell that uh, it was not fashion to launch at the time a bookshop on the internet but when jeff bezos did he knew that this was a way to actually validate the internet to see the viability of it and expand from there on uh, other niches this is what uh, amazon did and many other companies did as well. But you really, back in 2007, things further changed, and we can say that the startup playbook finally consolidated when the iPhone launched, which sparred the other revolution. So if we have to look at the internet, we can actually, if we have to look at the technological landscape of the last decades, we can see that we went through a few revolutions. First, the PC revolution, then the internet revolution, then the mobile revolution, then what's coming next most probably is going to be the AI revolution. It's very important to understand that the difference between incremental changes, breakthroughs, and paradigm shift. When we look at incremental changes, we are still living in the same business landscape, so the rules of the game are still the same, we just need to actually play them better. When we are going through you know, so-called technological or innovation uh, breakthrough. This means that this playbook still works, the old playbook, but is changing rapidly. So we need to make sure that we understand how to, uh, to this playbook is changing based on the new found business landscape. And the paradigm shift happens when actually this playbook has changed. And therefore we need to adapt our way of doing business and our way of thinking which is what happening what, what is happening right now now to draw a little bit of historic context in the decade between like the end of the 90s and the 2010s the whole startup playbook got shaped the startup playbook that we know today the one that it was prompted by companies like google like paypal like amazon and so forth this playbook comprised concepts like uh, freemium uh, ad-supported, agile development, blitz scaling, viral growth, growth engines, lean startup, and so on and so forth. This was the rise of the, the startup company. 
And this was also the moment in which we saw a transformation of the way of doing business, which actually led many of those startups that survived the dot-com burst to become actually the tech giants that we know today. However, right now there is another paradigm shift. And this shift is coming as uh, actually AI is taking over the world. So we need to understand one thing. Right now, with the rise of AI, we're going in an era where startups are moving from the linked startup to the linear or exponential startup. So this opens up a new way of doing business. Again, not lean, but linear. The AI app or the AI startup, again, the AI app, might be amplified by the use of uh, general purpose AI engines, which will be able to actually speed up the iterative loop of those same startups. Of course, the risk here is you can use the foundational layer, so things like ChatGPT within the workflow of your startup to actually quick, uh, quickly build products, release them, maintain them, and also get much quicker iterative loops, is that this organic feedback might get you know, uh, broken up by these, uh, the use of those AI tools. So just like venture capital you know, in excess can kill the organic growth machine of a company. So at the same time, this, uh, this, uh, this loop, this fast loop prompted by AI tools, both when it comes to using them to develop products much faster and both when it comes to acquiring users much faster can break them up. The, the thing is, we are still living in an era where, you know, there is the chance to build an exponential startup. So the new startup playbook, which is getting shaped as we speak, might look slightly different from what we've seen in the last 20 years, or at least for a while, it might be slightly different. And for a few simple reasons, right now, air-based startups are getting launched very quickly. And while iterative loops work well to grow, they are not enough. There could to be an exponential growth engine built into the product. The exponential growth engine is critical to enable the AI-based product to get fine-tuned quickly based on human interactions with the tool, thus gaining network effects. As otherwise, the risk is any AI tool which relies too much on, for instance, OpenAI's APIs will quickly get commoditized. Thus, while from the Internet Era Playbook we learned how to be effective while launching a new product and you got to go from niche to wider and wider markets. OpenAI and Stable Diffusion explosive growth showed us another version of the story. For instance, when OpenAI launched, uh, ChatGPT didn't do that for a limited close number of people. True, of course, ChatGPT was a much advanced version of GPT comprising all the latest advancements of AI model uh, had achieved. So it was not the first iteration uh, of the product. And yet its rollout was so counterintuitive to me as well that it seemed to make little sense until I also analyzed what's happening from a new angle as the new AI industry is developing. So what's going on? For one thing, it's very hard to know beforehand that what those large language models are extremely good at unless you have a large number of people play with it. So that's why ChatGPT was released at such wide scale. And in addition to that, adding too many guardrails to this, those general purpose engines might actually have hampered their ability to work well in the first place. For instance, from the massive release of ChatGPT, we are realizing that while the conversational interface is great at a lot of things, 
it also has some major drawbacks and yet it can code extremely well. So a major use case, a major use case right now for ChatGPT is not really content generation, but rather software development. Could have OpenAI known without having millions of billion of, of, of business people play with it each day for the last less than a month, that two months understand that? You know, maybe, maybe not. So OpenAI did exactly the opposite of uh, what you would expect. It launched broad and then it might be niching down as for instance, ChatGPT might become like a freemium product. So this is again, another counterintuitive way the AI industry is developing right now. So we're moving from general purpose engine to verticalized engines. Usually indeed, we uh, saw the opposite happening. We saw for instance, in the internet era, moving from niche product to more generalized products. For instance, Amazon started from books, then expanded to any category. Facebook started from top colleges, then opened to the world much, much later. And right now the AI playbook is moving in a different direction. So it's quite interesting to look at it also from a startup perspective, which again, this opens up to the way, to a new way of doing business, which is uh, AI app or the exponential startup.